K-9 wins the Walter Camp Player of the Year and the Doak Walker Award for the Best Running Back. Top 12 in basketball, top 10 in football. Who needs New York anyway? You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the man who answers the question, what if Matt McQuaid was bad at basketball and less attractive? Kevin Grek. <laughs> Grek, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing good, man. Um, I'm just I'm just living life out here. I wish I had the voice that Matt McQuaid had. Do you remember yeah. the first time you heard Matt McQuaid speak? It was uncomfortable, in, in a good way. I, I expected, like birds chirping or the way that mm-hmm. i impersonate matt coglin yes <laughs> and then it that it comes out as like the deepest most gravelly voice you've ever heard and it mm-hmm. awakens something in you anyway um we got plum as well yes uh and that is right um i am of course joined by the man who chases all the peach alex grant grant how you doing buddy oh my god <laughs> that's you know what I love is I try to give you copy to work with, and I generally throw in offensive remarks, and then you sometimes have your best material off the cuff. So well done, you. Thank you. Thank you, of course, everyone for listening to the pod. Uh, if uh, we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Um, and of course, follow us on the old Twitter machine and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Greg. It is the week before I get to talk about teenage boys, so I'm going to save my chance to break down the structure of the show till next week. Tell me about this week. Oh boy, we all have that to look forward to. This week, so many, so many teenage boys for Michael Jones. This week, we're going to talk about football. Uh, there were happenings, of course, both in terms of uh, awards being uh, given out to various members of the team and staff, uh, as well as. Uh, Changes happening both to the team and uh, potential recruits. Then we'll cover basketball. A couple games played there. Minnesota, a Big Ten road win against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And then a, a pretty substantial win at home against the Pennsylvania State Nittany Lions. Then we'll go off Grand River very briefly. Preview no games. Uh, this is finals week, I presume, at the yes. at the university. Um, and then, uh, we'll go to your Twitter questions. So solid little episode we've got here. All right, let's, uh, yeah, let's dive right in behind the green wall and chat a little football, um, with, of course, yes, the sport that always leads. Uh, let's start with, uh, Kenneth Walker, who becomes the first player in program history to win the Doak Walker award for the nation's best running back and the first player to win the Walter Camp. Player of the Year award um, somehow is not in New York, which is interesting because every Walter Camp Player of the Year awardee has been a Heisman finalist. Uh, so let's let's start with the positive. But I, I we would be remiss if we did not talk about the Heisman a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Plum, you know these are huge firsts and some firsts that I was candidly surprised we hadn't been achieved by msu before um well the doke walkers only existed since 1990 sure so. okay fair 
Uh, but Walter and Campbell the, and the Heisman, the Heisman's only existed until 2021. Yeah, it, <laughs> so, it is officially dead. Officially uh, dead. Uh, but still, I mean, uh, the Walter Camp Award has been around since what uh, 67. Um, so I'm I'm a bit surprised. A huge accomplishment. Uh, how, you know, how do you think? What do you think this says about the program, Mel Tucker, and you know Kenneth Walker, and and where he might stack up in sort of Spartan lore? This is a huge deal. Um, I, I, to be honest, wasn't familiar with it. I don't know why I would be. Um, either of these awards, I don't, I don't follow these kinds of awards. Obviously, Heisman is a household name. It is frustrating that he did not get invited. What did they say? He was he had the fourth most first place votes in the Heisman, but came in sixth overall. But came in sixth overall. Yeah. Um. So tell me how that balances out. You know. But I think that's the point. I. And it's not, I'm not going to go through who got invited and who, you know, and oh, maybe who shouldn't be there. And you can, and that's fine. I don't know enough. I mean, I, there's some of it's indefensible, but it, it's irrelevant. I, he, everyone knows and, you know, what he's done for the program, what he's done in terms of leaving uh, Wake Forest, making, I, I mean, he didn't carry this team on his back, but he, he was one of, a couple who were instrumental in creating the season that Michigan state had and really creating the, uh, and I should say, um, operationalizing the culture that Tucker has set. Let's be clear. Tucker is not staring at a $95 million contract without Kenneth Walker. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. So that contract, you can draw a direct line to the portal and to what he saw in Kenneth Walker and to Kenneth Walker's skill. So I hope Kenneth Walker's making at least 95 million very soon for some NFL team. I'm sure that's an outrageous sum. I don't know, but uh, good for him. <laughs> it is a little outside of the market for most. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, Greg, what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't think it can be undersold. Uh, how much this means to the program to finally have a Walter camp winner to finally have a Doak Walker winner. Um, you know, MSU's had some great running backs and to either, you know, for some of them, it didn't exist yet. Um, but to finally get one, uh, on that list on both of these lists means a lot for the program. And Kenneth Walker is a guy, I know it was debated sort of in the in the various MSU fandom circles about whether this means you automatically put him in the ring of honor. Um, I'm not sure it's quite there yet, but if he gets inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame at some point, which is a, a real possibility, then yeah, number nine could be going up on the stadium wall at some point, which is a huge personal accomplishment for the number of players that go through that building over the years. Um, and, and just a reflection of, uh, of the, the guys that are already up there, um, and to do it in a year and to do it in one year. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it, it, regarding the, the Heisman portion of this, um, you know, it, I think it'd be foolish to not talk about the sort of why it might've happened. And you have to, I think there's two places that it's, it's reasonable to look to getting smoked by Ohio state. Sure. Sure. And that 
you know, uh, and I'll table that for a second. Uh, and then the other is that, you know, if you're, if you're looking purely at counting stats, um, that they could have run up the score a little bit earlier in the season if you'd gotten more touches at Youngstown State. Yeah, I, I know that that's a popular opinion. I well, maintain that it would not have really mattered. Well, so, but what you might be able to look to then at, at the Ohio State is that the lack of messaging around his injury, to sure. what, you know, what extent it was, you just sort of getting that, that out there. Um, you know, we've, here's a question. Talked, Let yeah. me ask you this. Would, would, if he hadn't played at an Ohio State University because of the injury, would that have been better for him? No, I think the narrative would have been then right. big time players have to play in big time games. That's and- exactly right. That's what I'm thinking too. I mean, obviously, and I'm with you. The game, I mean, that was it. I think that Ohio State, I think for me, is, is, the, is the turning factor on this. Because of recency bias. Sure. The media, and I hope Graham Crouch is listening. Graham Crouch, Graham Couch, I don't fucking care what your last name is, you buffoon. You and your ilk are subject to the whims of recency bias, and it is your responsibility to take the big picture, 35,000-foot view, view, and lay the context for what has happened. Anyone in Lansing or in Michigan who didn't seppuku themselves over this kid's snub by New York, in the media, this is your responsibility. It is your job to set the context for why he should have been there. And because I saw Couch's asinine tweets, tr- hemming and hawing and, well, this and what, fuck off. Garbage takes. What's, it's indefensible. What's really fascinating to me is that Kenneth Walker, the number of first place votes that he did receive. And yet it seems that the media who actually covered Kenneth Walker day in and day out. Yes. Is, is not who gave him those votes. Correct. And that what? is... Truly insane to me because I, I, if you, if you compare Kenneth Walker's stats to other running backs who have won the award, he should have been there. Yeah. If it, that's just running backs who won the award, he should have been there. Um, if you consider sort of uh, what they what they call wins above replacement in 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 baseball, right? Like the question of how much does Kenneth Walker elevate a team over over what it would have been with with a, a replacement version of Kenneth Walker. And you you figure coming into the season we had we we're predicted by Vegas anyway to be at four and a half wins. Well, holy shit. I mean, I I don't know what better barometer and while and and then if you also consider who Kenneth Walker had to work with. Who else on his team was named to first team all Big 10. Mhm. Mm-hmm. No Particularly- one particularly on the line that was blocking for him. Yeah. Who on the line or on the offense was named to the second all big 10? No one. None of them. And so, and we had some really great playmakers on the outside, but meanwhile, other schools have someone going there who's playing in a star studded cast. I like, I, I just, you know, just wasn't frankly exceptional at a national level. Nothing about I, his play is exceptional. I am baffled. But, you know, look, I, I'm just going to roll my eyes about the Aiden Hutchinson thing. It's the C.J. Stroud invite that is truly baffling to me, above all others. I don't know how C.J. Stroud gets an invite to New York, but this is my it, I, it's not about them being there so much as that that 
there are three, at least by three different metrics that Kenneth Walker should have had an invite. And, and he didn't get the votes. And so all I can do is say, you bunch of dumbasses in the media. And, and for, for people like Graham who are saying, well, but my job is to cover a team all day on Saturdays, I would propose to you, Graham, DVR some other games. I, it's just, I don't, I'm at a loss. I'm, I, and I'm most frustrated for Kenneth Walker. Um, that said, Mel Tucker's advice was that the awards you win and the awards you don't win do not define you. Mm-hmm. And I think we can feel pretty confident that, uh, we can feel very positive about the, the year that K9 had with this program, whether he plays another game or not. The outcome here needs to be that fan base by fan base, we lose faith in the Heisman and it diminishes in its prestige over time. It's a flawed we you already know basically who's going to win at a certain point in the season. Yeah. It's almost always going to be a quarterback from one of the top five teams. It's exceptional when someone else wins. It's usually the product of like there just isn't a quarterback that you can point at that's, you know, worthwhile. Um, yep. so it, it's, it's not a reflection of what it tells you it is. So it should fall in prestige. That's the solution to all of this. And isn't it strange that it's, but for the last game by some of these players or second to last game by some of these players, I mean, Bryce Young doesn't win the award, but for beating Georgia in the SEC championship. Now, sure. Granted, there was a lot of hype behind the Georgia defense, and we'll see what that actually looks like. But, you know, they had lost, uh, you know, earlier in the season, and he seemed to be out of the running. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson gets his big boost from beating Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, You know, and they conveniently forget that that defense got torched for five touchdowns on the ground by Kenneth Walker. So I just... I don't know. It, you're right. It, I, that is probably the solution is that we just need to stop caring and remind ourselves that the Walter Camp Player of the Year is voted on by the coaches of football and the sports information directors. So I'll take that W. Take it um, all the way to the bank. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of W's. Yeah. Are we going to did you want to skip ahead to the, the move out of the coaching staff or? Uh, no, I was going to talk about Mel Tucker being yeah. a Big Ten Coach of the Year. And yes. Region 3 Coach of the Year, which, as we know, is the most prestigious of all. I've always been saying. Well, it does mean that he's essentially the Big Ten Coach of the Year by the Region 3 standard uh, under the AF. It's the American Football Coaches Society or something like that. Excellent. Yeah. Listen, uh, <laughs> Big Ten Coach of the Year by both the coaches and the media. Yet um, somehow the AP. <laughs> listen, again. <laughs> the things that are decided by the national AP need to reduce in prestige. That applies to the votes. That applies to the Heisman. That applies to all of those national awards. Uh, just think of the talking heads that you see on ESPN yeah. and imagine a whole room full of those people. Um, but Mel Tucker getting Big Ten Coach of the Year is is an honor. Uh, particularly and chosen by his peers and absolutely correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think we all expected this to happen and I, I can't think of a more deserving guy. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, but 
what's interesting is now uh, he's sort of set his own floor and mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know, what is, what is, you know, I, I assume someone else, whoever makes the most market improvement probably wins this award. Um, and, or if it's not market improvement, you know, if Tucker were to win the big 10 next year, maybe that's, that's how he wins the award again, but he's set a floor now that, that is uh, going to be certainly a challenge to sustain. Uh, but this, yeah, this absolutely was the right call this year. I, I also want to call out, I kind of think it's wins like the Penn state win. They get you this. That's such a good game. <laughs> I mean, th- that's a game. Yeah. after i mean coaches have to look at that and see it's a game against probably on paper better talent mm-hmm. it's a game at a rough time of the year it's a game immediately after a huge blowout loss i mean those if you can get your team up for that type of matchup and win it and win it in a way that you know wasn't exactly a blowout but it was also Decided. you know they were controlling that game yeah. I think that says a lot about you as a coach. And I think that says a lot about the program that you're building. And clearly both the media and the coaches saw that and uh, made the right choice for big time coach of the year. I think too, I imagine that the the coaches voting on this also have a keener insight into the challenges he faced Mm -hmm. as a coach, you know, in his unique circumstances um, of when he got hired and what, you know, recruiting he had to do. And um, so Yes. Uh, so either way, you know, three huge awards uh, for the program. And uh, I, I co- <laughs> having conversations that we never imagined we'd be having probably uh, at this point in time. So uh, that's all great. Um, speaking okay, speaking <laughs> of uh, of coaches on the staff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Plum, Traveris Tillman, your coach of choice. Uh, former cornerbacks coach has taken a job at Georgia tech, his alma mater uh, to do the same job at Georgia tech. Good for him. He was going to be going down there anyway for the uh, peach bowl and just thought he'd stay. Yeah. A little early. Yeah. Got there a little early and, uh, staking out, uh, maybe probably, probably East Atlanta. This little up and coming neighborhood, probably going to stake out a nice little bungalow for him and the, him and the fam. Good, good for them. Good for them. Uh, I would I would ask this of the pod, and we we don't have any information, and it seems like no one. I've not seen anyone in the media repeat uh, report anyway that that he was asked to find a new opportunity. But you know, we saw with a couple of the folks on the recruiting staff last year that they just found new homes one day. Yeah, and uh, sort of a Dan Rouchard, right? That's the that's the analogy. Yes. Uh, do we think this that th- this is how Mel Tucker does business? Is I mean, are we starting to see a trend? I mean, mm. maybe we we have seen people just sort of announce that they're no longer with the team with no immediate other <laughs> or the program, I should say, with no immediate other, you know, trip. Didn't that happen with like a recruiting coordinator last year that was rather yes. visible on Twitter? Yes. So um, I, I think maybe. Maybe this was telegraphed a little bit internally. I mean, as we've discussed, this defensive secondary was statistically one of the worst in the country. Right. So, so of course, Georgia Tech wanted him. So, I so mean, there were suitors lined out the dope. <laughs> he, I mean, it, and it may be a situation where you know, because he's he's been with Tucker a, a couple different places now, and and by all accounts, Tucker's a mentor to him. 
Uh, obviously, he had a, a, his own fantastic NFL career as a as a cornerback and uh, is seen to be a, a pretty great recruiter. So maybe the conversation was, you need to work on your craft. It's just not here. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, this is all speculation, but it it, it, right. it it does not seem it's the cornerbacks coach when the cornerbacks were the problem. Like, I don't know what to make of it other than that. Um, but at least he's getting to go home. And and I think that's exciting for for him, and certainly wish him well. Um, yeah, indeed. All right. Speaking indeed. of people leaving the program, <laughs> might as well keep this thing going. Let's do it. Uh, so I think there's actually a couple that I'm missing on the list, but the two big ones, if you will, that have left are uh, Trenton Gillison, the four star tight end uh, that everyone was always wondering, would this be the year? And it never was, um, has left the program. And then Jack Camper, uh, has, uh, who was a defensive tackle, defensive end. Um, sure. I'm pulling it up right now, uh, has also left the program. Wait, wasn't um, Camper the long snapper? No, no, oh. that is, uh, we talked about him last week. Great. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's not it. If it's not, you know, Kenneth Walker, I, I could not care less. Uh, defensive end. Okay. Um, I'm, I was looking to see how many snaps he got. Um, but anyway, uh, so, you know, I, with the number of tight ends that were coming in, that's not terribly surprising um, for Trenton Gillison. And it just, it just wasn't happening, right? I mean, that's... Uh, that's kind of where we're at on it. Um, and Jack Camper, you know, bringing in a lot of folks there. Uh, it's, it looks like we're going to talk about some other transfers in that maybe the, the scheme is shifting up or, or how they handling pass rushes shifting up That's speculation. Yeah. So, uh, wishing them both. Well, uh, I think Jack Camper will find a home somewhere and do quite well for himself. Um, he he was always praised for having a great work ethic and a nice motor, and it just you know you just get past sometimes, and that's okay. Yep. Thank um, you for your service, Jack. Yeah. Wish someone would tell me I had a nice motor, you know. Uh, uh, so two more transfers, Greg. Who do we got? Aaron Brule, 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 Brule. Aaron Brule, son of Doctor Steve Brule, played by John C. Riley. For your help, Adult Swim. If you haven't seen him, look him up. Ruin your night. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> yeah, look look him up, dummy. <laughs> All right. Uh, for those who are curious, Aaron Brule is coming from Mississippi State University. Um, and last year was or preseason was given a draft grade by at least one expert of of going in the second round. And uh had what some might describe as an underperforming year. Yeah. Uh, that underperforming <laughs> yeah. year, though, was uh, still by some metrics better than both of our linebackers combined. Mm. Um, so Aaron Brule appears to be a, 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 a pass, a, a pass rush, uh, can be a pass rush specialist, um, but may be able to sort of take on the role that we saw a lot of Quiveras Crouch playing this year. Um, as a sideline to sideline guy who can who can really hunt down the ball, um, the other transfer in that we have is Jacoby Windeman from UNLV, 
who played his first two seasons as a defensive end and then switched to linebacker this past year, uh, I believe led the Mountain West uh, in tackles, um, maybe led the country in tackles, Mm -hmm. uh, and was on their second team uh, all-conference, is definitely a pass rush guy. Um, can also, you know, find, you know, fill up a hole on, on run support. Um, I, I'm curious what he'll look like sort of in pass coverage, but either way, two, two great athletes to, to support our linebacker core as we're moving forward. The only question I have of these two guys, and I know there's all this speculation, um, about maybe potential changes in scheme at the team, but now that we've had the taste of Kenneth Walker um, and the transfer portal and everything that it can do, how are these two guys going to split the Walter Camp Award next year? <laughs> are they, is it going to be like it lives partly at one of their dorm rooms and then it goes to their other dorm room? Is there going to be like a like a third party place? Like, are they going to use like their their dorm study room where they can both like visit it? You know, over. I think it's going to be sort of like the Paul Bunyan trophy. Mm. Um, it's going to come out during practice. Whoever has the better practice gets to take, you know, Walter Camp home with them. Um, and and then, you know, he just comes back out the next day. Recruits can come and and take pictures with it, with yeah. the Spartan helmet on top of it. Um, I don't actually know what the Walter Camp trophy looks like, but I presume that it is. It, is it looks phallic. like. <laughs> you know, that's right. Modeled after Alex Grant is what I was told. <laughs> It is, uh, it is an award, uh, that is, you don't know either. Do you listen? I, I, I don't care for this picture at all. Actually. I was wondering uh, if it was going to be uh worse or better than the land grant trophy. Oh, you do not. Well, we know by default that it is worse. It be no <laughs> yes. Worse. Yes. There's like, uh, it's got like a Mary Poppins vibe yet. One person is kicking another in the head. Right. I, this is a very confusing award. Is this when actually it? When you say Mary Poppins, do you mean like the time when she opens up the bag and pulls out like a six foot lamp out of the bag? Uh, <laughs> all right. This is, this is bad podcasting, but no, it's no this is amazing. podcasting. Everyone stop what you're doing and Google man. the Walter camp award because I mean, it makes the land grant trophy look sane. So confusing, <laughs> and one's kicking the other. It is uh, nightmarish. <laughs> Wait, is this Doke or is this Walter Camp? The Walter Camp Award. Uh, it is. It is truly baffling. Does um, it say football at the bottom of it? Like space foot? <laughs> yes. Is it is. It's two words: foot ball. <laughs> oh my god, and they're wearing knee-high socks, I believe. That or he has a really serious case of ringworm around the calf. I like how uh, basically 30 consecutive black players have won this award, and it, it is the three whitest people on the planet. Yeah, if, if bronze could be a white race, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Foot, space, ball. Everybody stop. Everyone Google this right now. It's truly like, what is this guy? The the furthest up one. What? 
He's doing it, like a, it, a karate kick. This is not okay. Oh, man. There's nothing about this that says, hey, this is a trophy we should give the best college football player. Um, <laughs> other than foot space ball. <laughs> Which really felt like it's sort of an afterthought, really. Like, <laughs> oh, it's not clear what's happening here at all. Let's label it. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm glad we went down this wormhole of uh, of true joy. Um, uh, Kenneth, we know you listen. When you get this award, can we visit you and just behold this thing? Yeah, I just need to see it. I I really taking this back full circle to Aaron Brule and Jacoby Windeman. Uh, I do think that maybe a third person needs to be introduced to the mix, yeah. and they can each take on a persona within the trophy. And it's, it's going to be weird, but it's got to be done. <laughs> it's got to be done. Uh, so, uh, yeah, either way, um, two, two fantastic transfers that, uh, that are coming in that should be uh, contributors next season uh, for sure. Uh, of course, we'll we'll you know continue to update as transfers come along. But next week is the week of weeks. This Wednesday is the day of days because it is early signing day for recruits for the class of 2022. Uh, we, of course, will be chatting through the class next week. Uh, but this past weekend, MSU had its remaining big targets uh, come to campus and and had uh, some of their targets. commits. Huh? <laughs> had some of their, uh, the, you know, the top tier commits also on campus as well. Um, it is, um, we're, you know, we're not going to spend any time talking about people who MSU is targeting, uh, but it is, uh, it, it certainly, there's some exciting, exciting potential commits in the mix uh, that that MSU is hoping to to add to the class. Um, and it sounds like M- it, Mel Tucker said they're planning to, they're hoping to have 25 commits for this class. So, um, make a pretty big class. Yeah, yeah. All right for next week. For next week. Um, let's talk basketball, guys. Okay. This is a fun team, huh? Yes, I'm having so much fun. Plum, Let's... are you having fun? Yes. <laughs> yes. Over someone's still looking at at the Walter Camp Award, and just I'm just like, trying to figure out how many legs do each of these people have. I think one of these people might be a spider. Okay, Kenneth, I'm telling you, we need to see this thing. <laughs> we need to see it. it. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll certainly pay for admission to 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 see this award and just. Spend some time really trying to get to the bottom of it. Uh, but all right, let's uh, let's do this. Greg, you got time to to watch the Minnesota game. Um, it was, uh, I think, interesting because it was Joey's best game. So that's new. Yeah, uh, there was a, that were there was a moment in that game in the second half where Joey was getting back down towards the towards the the hoop uh, on the block. Uh, and then he held his space, forced the play, forced the offensive player into a bad shot, uh, rebounded the ball, outletted the ball to, uh, to Walker, the other Walker, um, and then ran, you know, behind the play and then hit a trailing three. And it was the best 35 seconds of basketball I've ever seen from, from Joey. Uh, so Th- yeah. That's all I have to say about the Minnesota game. I'm still just reeling from that display. Um, what did you guys think of this game? 
I mean, uh, the kid had 10 points. And you know what? If Joey Hauser can give me 10 points a game for the rest of the season, I won't say another negative thing about him. Yep. I won't do it. Um, he is defensively present. I don't want to say reliable yet, but he is, <laughs> it, but he is defensively present. His defensive rating has gone up over last year. I don't, I don't dispute that, but I'm saying it's the tenor with which this team is playing and which, you know, we, this reputation that we've gotten for ourselves. I, I'm just, my point is this, and not, not about Joey at this point, really, is this team is fun to watch. I am having fun watching these games. They are a joy to experience. I am not used to this sensation. So I don't know if it's the youthfulness, teen boys, et cetera, et cetera, but I'm looking forward to being at the uh, Little Caesars Arena next week to watch yeah. the, uh, the Oakland game. I, I did find it funny that this game started with Joey Hauser being hit in the face with the ball. Sure. And, and then him having his – I mean, he, he nearly got a double-double. Um, yeah, last week you talked about how much you like the, uh, the plus-minus, and I believe Joey Hauser was plus 20 in this game. Yeah. 18. 18. Oh, plus 18 in this game? Then yeah. he was plus 20 in the Penn State game. Right. Uh, no, 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 plus 20 with Minnesota is what I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm looking at the max score, so who the hell cares? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's subjective. <laughs> anyway. Who really knows if he was on the court or not? <laughs> uh, the, um, you know, what? who else can we talk about from this game? Uh, you know, Max Christie continuing to total a lot of minutes. Um, it's, it's no secret. Max Christie is also not shooting the ball. Well, right now, one for six on threes in this game, three for nine from the field. Yeah. Um, which makes him two for three when he's inside the arc. Yeah. Just saying, uh, but Max Christie, I, I don't know. It, I see his shots. He, he doesn't seem to be taking bad shots. Uh, you know, they're not ill-advised. They're not, you know, he's not, doesn't seem to be forcing things too much. He did a little bit in Penn State, but, um, and it's just, they seem very close. He's going to start hitting these shots. Yeah. So I, I say to Max, just keep shooting. Just keep shooting. Greg, did you have any takeaways? Uh, I did, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think not, this is sort of a common refrain that, that we've been saying over the last several weeks, but the defense against Minnesota was also really good. I was very happy with what I saw from the team um, defensively against this team. And this is a Minnesota team that sort of, as we discussed last week, it has the ability to catch you. Um, and, and as we saw, they didn't in, quit in the other game that Minnesota played this week, it has the ability to catch you. So uh, I was impressed by the Spartans in the way that they were keeping Minnesota relatively contained. Um, they were, they were playing within themselves. Um, and I, the, I mean, anytime you win a game in the, the manner that MSU won this game on the road in the big 10, it's hard for me as a long time, <laughs> as a long time watcher of MSU, uh, <laughs> basketball to get too upset about things. Truly. So, um, I didn't get a chance to watch Penn State, but it seems like a lot of the same, right? I would say that Penn State was better 
than even the Minnesota game. I mean, that, that Minnesota team has yes. fight. It, it like, it, I mean, the Minnesota game was never in doubt, but they never let you believe that they were going to quit. Right. Um, so I, I give that squad a lot of credit. Yeah. And um, Izzo did the same in the, uh, in the post-game press conferences. Yeah. Their coach's name is escaping me at the moment, but uh, it seems to be culturally an upgrade over Patino. Um, no, it can't never. be. Who could have seen this coming? Mac. His dad's uh, a good coach, so he must be a good coach. I'll tell you, he was jumping around on the sideline three times as much as Tom was, so that tells you something. Uh so here are my here are my thoughts I, uh, about Penn, the Penn State game. In case uh, anyone cares, that um, MSU you know coughs the ball up five times very early in the game, despite Penn State being like sub or plus three hundred and creating turnovers. Um, but only after those five bursts at the, the beginning, only gives it up another six times. And Tyson Walker. Uh, only one turnover on the game and it was very late and apparently he was very mad about it because he knew he was pitching a perfect game um, which tells me that they're working hard to fix the turnover issue um, the uh, uh, Marcus Bingham I he's he's gonna be fine because John Harar their their center is a big dude that like you know Thick. The kind of person that you would expect to be just abusing Marcus Bingham in the paint, and that mm-hmm. was not an issue. Um, I Can will I say this s- about Bingham really quick because yeah. you know, it, 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 uh, listeners of the pod will know that there's nothing in basketball that I hate more than missing from the charity stripe. You, you really sully the good name of your parents when you can't take the free points home. Marcus Bingham was three for three. The only player, well, I guess Max Christie was fairly okay in the Penn State game uh, to have 100%. But, but, but Bingham was consistent, did great against Minnesota as well. Send his ass to the line every time. Julius was okay-ish. No, no, I'm sorry. Julius Marble was garbage both weeks. Malik Hall was iffy against Minnesota. I don't accept players who can't, who can't make free throws. I don't want to win by 18 when I can win by 19, right? Put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. Uh, can't read, can't write. I don't want to win by 18 when I can win by 19. Uh, <laughs> Marcus Bingham's, I mean, I, I think most of his misses were early. He's 23 for 30 uh, in free throws, which is a 76 and a half. Um, but in conference play, he's five for five. It's not good enough. It's not. Uh, so we don't want to uh, win by eighteen when we can win by nineteen. Um, I'll say I got a handful of other thoughts from from the Penn State game. Let's hear um, them. Let's go. Tell us. Walker is really separating himself at the point guard position, and AJ Hogard, I, I think, continues to be. He's a nice change of pace. He he has skills that that. He has a body type that Walker doesn't have, and so he can do some things that Walker can't, um, which makes teams have to account for it. But but Tyson Walker, I think, is showing himself to be someone who is going to be the person who gets the shot when the game matters. Mm. Um, his just his attention to detail, the way he talks about 
making sure everyone's involved. Uh, You're starting to see some of his game that is reminiscent of another point guard that we had not that long ago. Who? Uh, Tell us. Cassius. Uh, Ooh, I love. uh, But, and and what's, uh, what's really compelling to me is that he is a great defender on the ball. Sure. Um, And so that's pretty fantastic. The, um, the only other thing that I would uh, add that was a high level point or maybe like a long-term, you know, folks can, can think on this for a bit. Mati Sissoko played a very little bit in this game, but you saw a little bit of Mati Sissoko in what you hope he might become. And so if you're able to kind of get some of these minutes on a more consistent basis out of Mati, yeah, I don't know that he's ever going to be our primary center. Time will tell. But you will find yourself a, a great contributor. I mean, he had some nice moves in this game and, and, and showed some touch around the rim that I have never seen from him mm-hmm. and, and some body control that I've not seen from him. So that was that was a, a nice thing to see. Um, otherwise, uh, last note, Jaden Akins. Holy shit, that dunk was awesome. So he's a good man. The Jaden Akins getting more and more time, getting more and more run, more and more possessions. Um, you 15 know, the- minutes, I think, is what he's. The fan base is uh, enamored with him, and uh, he's making that time on the floor count. That is yeah. for sure. Um, anything else, Plum? Any other thoughts on basketball before we move on? You know, I'm going to say it. I think it's folks have been thinking this for a long time. Um, you know that I think we have to be honest when we can about the important subjects in life. Uh, we were lucky in the Penn State game. Courtney Green was one of the referees, and he is by far the most attractive uh, Big Ten official that works oh my God. Uh, games actively, and I think we just have to acknowledge that. It used to be Jim Burr. It used to be Jim Burr. It was an old man. He was probably four foot eleven. That was what we had to work with. That's what we had. That he could be 71 and a, and a comely gentleman. But now we got Courtney Green. So God bless America. Uh, Finally, a reason to watch the games, right? Win by 19, guys. <laughs> Been saying it all season. Real quick, by the way, Gabe Brown on the season, averaging 28 minutes, shooting 40% from behind the arc, uh, 45% from the field. Uh, he's he's doing the thing that... Like, Gabe Brown still seems to go quiet sometimes, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But he's he's turning himself into a night-in, night-out kind of guy of... of 12-ish points. But it's a productive quiet in the way that Aaron Henry was last year. Yes. It's a a quiet that you start to take for granted. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. But it is, uh, you know, his his defense has become more sound. Like, I I don't, this, there are dudes on this team who just took a step. Let me me just ask you a question that I just came up with myself right now. I came up by myself right now. What do you think about Gabe's game? between these these two matches uh what did i think of his game yeah what did you think of his game i've never been asked this question before so ponder it (laughs) put it on a shirt you know i will (laughs) put it on a shirt uh are we missing a huge opportunity not having any can't read can't write uh merch for the holidays It's, it's a thing people are asking they are and and I'm pretty sure that if we can say this on the air, but but Greg would be like, guys, we can't charge people. We can't charge people for things. Um, we, have to, we have to mail this. Like, I'll just I'll just use puff paint. And I'll make this, and then we'll just mail it to them. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would love puff paint. Uh, so Gabe, um, 
both games uh, relatively identical performances uh 15 points in both uh and eight rebounds in the minnesota game five rebounds in the penn state game like you're just you're just getting a consistent gabe and it's great gabe's gabing in a way that gabe has not gabed before gabe's taking on a whole new gabe definition gabe yeah. used to mean merriment and and that kind of thing um but now gabe's gabing and and it's resulting in basketball yeah. um which I, I kind of miss the old Gabe too at the same time. Sure. Yeah. I, I go back to like, you know, Marcus Bingham talking about how it was the first time people cheered for him. And, mm-hmm. and I miss that sort of, Oh, all right. I'm going to go full old man. Yeah. Great. His own is own. You guys need to step it up. Yeah. I got messages about this. Oh, you did too. Yeah, I did. Oh. I did. People, people have been talking about this. I need it to become a trend though, before I get too upset about it. Fine. Then I'll just say this to to anyone who happens to be in the zone who's listening, that you need to be louder on defense than you are during your organized cheers when you're on offense. This is true. This is good measure. Uh, that that you know, uh, MSU prides itself as a as a program that defends, rebounds, and runs. Uh, your cheering should be proportionate to those things. So you should be loudest while we're defending is is uh, all I have to say. Um, but it is it is kind of noticeable and it's a little bit of a, a disappointment. Um, and that's me going full old man yelling at at younger folks. But like, seriously, guys, step it up. It's yeah. also not lost on us that it's just as likely that you might be in the pep band if you're a listener is in the is in the zone. So uh, do better pepping. Huh? This yeah. is on you. Yeah. Uh, pep. pep into a microphone. Uh, anyway, um, Bullmania. Should we talk about it? Do it. We should. Um, do do we want to do, do we want to do an ad first, Kevin? Oh yeah. Uh, ad. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thank you, sponsor. Um, So the other Mike Jones has uh, taken the liberty and initiative of creating a pick'em challenge for the bowl games. Appreciate you, Mike Jones. Yeah, so uh, for anyone who cares, we will include it in the the tweet that is associated with when we tweet out the show. Um, but uh, Or we could just leave it as it is right now. Listener Mike Jones, <laughs> in there all by himself, username, yeah. listener Mike Jones. Uh, just or the I could, saddest... I I could read the the URL right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just the saddest bull pick'em group of all time. Listener Mike Jones. Uh, also, Plum, what is the group password for this? This might get people run, rushing to their computers. Yeah, it, it is publicly available, and I think that is great. I hope that that's also his banking password. It is I love Joey Hauser, mm. and um, I do too. Maybe you do. I mean. He was uh, plus 13 in the Penn State game. 
So, and as we discussed, people what was are it? saying plus ten. Yeah, yeah. Plus in the previous game, there it plus, is. No, plus eighteen and plus twenty. Plus twenty. Fine, whatever numbers. All right. Let's why be? But why be plus eighteen, Mike? Well, he could be plus nineteen. Plus nineteen. That's right. Come on. Read the shirt. I was so excited for this episode, and then you know, Alex Grant just totally. <laughs> That's on you. Uh, all right, let's head to Twitter questions, and we'll start with the aforementioned Mike Jones, who asks, Greg, does this signing day feel a bit different to anyone? I, so first of all, does anyone feel differently, Greg? But then secondly, do you feel differently? Uh, the buzz around the program seems different. I was excited for that 2016 class, parenthetical, turned out to be a total bust, yeah, so and that's parenthetical. The understatement of your entire life, by yeah. <laughs> But the possible late additions to this class have me on edge uh, a bit and excited for Wednesday. Uh, there are, for those who care, there are some big time potential additions to, to the class on the, on the late end. Um, so, uh, Greg, thoughts? I- I would judo this back to you, uh, host Mike Jones. I mean, you you have your finger on the pulse much more than I do in terms of recruiting. And I, I've I've said my general approach to recruiting on the podcast. I I try to wait until they get themselves Walter Camps before I get, you know, too excited about them. But sure. uh what what are your thoughts on this question? Well, I think for sure that's that's reasonable. Um, and you can look at the 2016 class as a as the telltale sign or telltale story, if you will, of, of, of why that is a fine position to take. But you can also look at Ohio state and say, if you string enough of these classes together, you're going to have some, some legit stars in there. Right. So, um, currently MSU has a top 20 class, uh, depending on who they pick up out of, possible flips that could really escalate um but either way mike i do think there's the staff has prioritized fan engagement around recruiting and in a way that um the previous one just didn't and that's that's not to totally knock them because they did take us to the playoff but there's a they're trying to create buzz and I think it's fine to engage with that in a in an appropriate way. Yeah. Um but yeah, this this is already a very good class. We've put together a very good class. And yeah, if Kanta Goodwin lands, uh Monty Winfield looks like he he's probably a flip. Um you know, there's some some real stars that that will be coming to this team. And we'll know next week. Uh two days. Next, next up from uh, the better Mike Jones, Plum, Jaden Akins is going to be an absolute stud. Who does he remind you of from past Spartans? Adding, uh, he's got a little Charlie Bell two-way game and some Shannon Brown hop slash athleticism. In my yeah, opinion. but he has all of the underspoken verve of a young Drew Neitzel. What? No, no. Can he, does he brush his teeth with both hands? Is that with both what you're to tell me? hands, two toothbrushes. Two. That was never. I, I always assumed it was just one toothbrush back and forth, but we're saying that this is two, two, in some kind of like strange locomotion. And they're they cr- they're crossed over the front of the teeth. 
right? Mm. So they, there's a lot of plastic on plastic. It's very, very horrible. Sort of one going right and one going left and yeah. then back and forth. But, kind but of confusing. And if he like, stares to, at them too much, then he gets confused. And then they always start just jangling each other. And they're not really... If you saw my gesture, you'd understand what I'm doing, right? Yeah. Like it's one, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's Probably. a lot of this podcast that must be seen to be believed. Um, <laughs> Another I, reason I will... we should be recording these on camera. <laughs> Not after what I just did. Uh, next up uh, from Mike Jones, does this signing date? No, that's the repeat. Okay, ah, I got hey, it twice. Gotcha. Yes. All right, next up is Jer Bear. Uh, first question, Grooch, how's the flow? Total mess, total mess, Jer Bear. But I. I'm going to get a hair pick. Uh, I'm going to get some better product. And uh, I'm going to be winning the Minnesota Hockey Hair Tournament in no no time. I got, I'm going to get a real salad chop going here. Great. Love it. Jones, <laughs> Jerry Bear asks, uh, I didn't get your Venmo for 24-7 access. Uh, should I be concerned? No, no, just just mm. keep refreshing mm. the app. Just yeah. keep refreshing mm. the app. It'll be mm. fine. And finally, Plum. How's that lip flow, baby? Babe, you know me. Here all week for it. Is it thick? It's it's Alex Grant thick, yo. All right. Uh, next up, Nick, who asks, what is the worst case of flu you've ever experienced, Alex Plum? I just had a bad cold and it actually wasn't that bad, actually. I mean, you can maybe kind of hear it in my voice, but I was, I did have a cold for about four days. I know everyone's really concerned. The rapid test came back negative for COVID. So doing fine. I will tell you, um, this is a silly question, Nick, just silly, but back in 2013, 2014, no, 2012, it was 2012. I had the flu of my life. And I had to go to a Peace Corps reunion. And I remember um, for New Year's, it was this time of year, actually. And I remember waking up, like, to, like I had to flight whatever that morning. And I remember waking up and being like, I can't get a full breath. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to find an urgent care. And if I have pneumonia, I'm not going. But if I'm clear of pneumonia, I'll get on the plane. And I oh, thank the- you, Alex, for your service. Well, back then, this was before the public health days. Uh, still not an excuse. You I didn't know better then. I went to an urgent care in Romulus. Literally, like off of the airport, and he took the X-rays. He's like, "No, nope, no pneumonia," uh, but he said, "Stop taking um, uh, cigarettes." What? No, yeah. <laughs> What's the one that's supposed to clear up your lungs if you're like congested? You're talking about Vicks? No, no, no. There's a medication that like releases the phlegm in your lungs. It starts with an M. Yeah, sure. Remember. You- anyway. If you have asthma, you shouldn't be taking that shit. It was making it so much worse, and I quit taking it, and like my flu got better. So, I don't know. Talk to your doctor. Super happy we stuck around for that. The payoff was there. It was uh, a story. And next, to bring the podcast down again from Nick, if the Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime were a football recruit, which recruit would it be and why, Kevin Grek? Uh, Bro, um, it would be uh, a punter, you know, oh. or, or like a, a nice long snapper. Yeah, long snapper, because uh, Moiraine just got uh, exiled by her lover, the... Oh, you're watching this too, Alex. Yeah, her on seat. So, yeah. podcast is truly terrible. This is perfect. Then, then Plum, I've got to ask you, who do you currently think is the dragon reborn, and why? It's all five of them. It's a multi-headed dragon. It was foretold in the prophecy. We're not taking Wheel of Time questions next week. Next Next up! From the one and only Sharpert, uh, Plum, 
What is your favorite uh, holiday season baked good? Be specific. Cookie is too generic. Uh, don't cop out with cookie. All right. You coward. <laughs> you coward. Uh, the New York Times just released, uh, probably released? before today. The but Pentagon the, Papers? The Pentagon Papers. Uh, no, 24 different cookie recipes. And oh, yeah. they are fantastic. And the one that I am most excited about making is just your typical um, oatmeal cookie with the icing on it. What so that's really? your favorite holiday season baked good? This year it is, yeah. Okay. Halfway to an oatmeal cream pie. That's All it. right. Uh, is this team, I'm oh, sorry, next from Shardvert. Uh, if this team wants to make it to the second weekend or third weekend of the tourney, we need blank. Kevin Gregg. Well, uh, Garv, I got to be honest with you. I think this is a team that's already pretty well primed for the second weekend of the tourney. Uh, Atop it, the Big Ten. Yeah, it, it, this is a team that has feelings of the second weekend. To get to the third weekend, it needs more reliable three-point shooting, I think. Just wherever you're going to find that, more reliable three-point shooting. Um, We're up to 18 in Kempom, by the way. Cool. More of yeah. that. More. Um, defense is taking a hit though. We're down to seven. Oh, only Ooh, seven. No. The problem with Ken Palm still is that there's a lot of last season baked into these numbers. Oh, I, I can see that Michigan's still 20. So yes. Yucky. Uh, next up from Garvert, uh, prop bet of the week. MSU big 10 wins this season and TDs from our leading running back next year mm. over under 13.5. This is a, tough one because i don't know how i should feel about what our team's going to be in football next year yeah but in terms of big 10 wins this season i think we might be able to go over on 13.5 yeah. i'm with you so too yep we only play purdue once right wait can we talk about purdue for a second Are we, is this about losing at the rack is that where you want to go well, I want to start with that it took him, what, like 140 years to, to finally get oh, a number one ranking. I was blown away by that stat. Yeah. And then within like 72 hours, they full blown shit it out uh, <laughs> at at the rack. Like and they they made a great shot to win and then got beat by a buzzer beater. But you're number one in the country, and I know the rack is a tough place to play, supposedly. But like, it's still it's still the Rutger. I mean, the the Piscataway, New Jersey, is the home of the fat sandwich. It's hardly the first time they've seen so that kind of action. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I have to say, our friends at uh, the Are You Screw podcast uh, did a whole documentary esque style recording of their podcast, like at the game. And it ended up being them topping number one, which was was pretty cool. But um, the yeah, it, then Purdue almost lost to NC State. Then but didn't. But but like, come come on. Sure, sure. Uh, so anyway, uh, sorry, I just had a side because if you can clown on Purdue for a second, you've got to clown on Purdue. Uh, I think over for sure. Uh, I'm going to guess under on the running backs. I think Peyton Thorne and the wide receiver core are awesome next year yeah uh and and malik carr is going to be a stud i'm 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 certain on that one and so i think you're just you're 
your red zone offense uh, in the pass game is going to be pretty fantastic. Yeah, I kind of think next year is going to be running back by committee in a way that will disperse the touchdowns. Yeah. Such that no one quite gets the 13.5. Like Eli Collins in the very few touches he had this year looked more than serviceable as a big 10 running back. Mm -hmm. He just couldn't stay healthy. We know he's had a thousand yard rushing season already. We're, we're going to be just fine. Uh, next up Spartan 18770. If Izzo wins his second championship this year, does he immediately retire? Kevin Breck. Counterintuitively, I used to believe this was a possibility, and now I don't. He keeps coaching. Yeah. Because it's, it, Tom doesn't follow the rules. It's when yeah. he's ready, he does a thing, you know? Yeah. I don't see this changing his trajectory. I, I think he already knows when he's going to retire. I think he's already got that pretty much locked in his head. I don't know what it is, but yeah, he has a number in his mind. I don't think a championship this year does anything different to that. I also think if he wins a championship this year, enough of the teams coming back that he might say, let's run it back. Repeat. Yeah. I think he would tell you maybe he would, but I don't think he actually wouldn't practice. I know him better than he knows himself. Yeah. I think everyone kind of knows him a little bit better than he actually knows himself. I've been watching a lot of behind the scenes with Tom Izzo. So (laughs) I've really got the profile on this dude. Uh, Which, where is our boy? Oh, there he is. Okay. He's down there. Next up from Spartan. Should I get final four tickets and a hotel room now? Can't hurt. Can I stay in the hotel room with you? <laughs> mm. JK. Did you get uh did you get your tickets for the Peach Bowl? Not doing it. We're not doing it. Jason couldn't get the time off. Oh, and no. so it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. We're gonna go to Little Caesars Arena next week. We're gonna watch the OU game. It's gonna be fine. Everything is gonna be fine. I think uh, we need to have a uh a- pod meeting uh, at some point in time about maybe next year wherever the game is like let's just do it um covid will be dead by then uh of course <laughs> spartan 18770 last question what's the chance tucker comes out in a three-piece suit on the sideline for the peach bowl i mean we see him in three-piece suits pretty frequently right so i'd love that it's not gonna happen though I- i'm gonna give it a uh fiver five percent chance I want it. I want a, a pocket watch if he does, though. Uh, <laughs> and still the Jays. The Jays. Yeah, with this. Did, uh, did you see the the pictures of him at the Pistons game, by the way? I did. Yes. Did you see his boots? I did not notice the boots. I was kind of just generally distracted by <laughs> the reflection from Masalam. Everything that was happening there. And I don't know how I feel about it. It like benefits my interests. So I'm not going to get that worked up about it, but it, it all seems strange and unsustainable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that, but uh, do check out the Gucci North face boots that he's wearing. Um, and then just eyeball, eyeball the size for me. Just when, eyeball the size. When Mel Tucker sits down with Gucci boots next to Matt Espia, does he just explicitly state, thanks for the boots, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo dog, this is your money. <laughs> I like I like the world in which Mel Tucker in the athletic department bought the tickets for the Pistons game. <laughs> and they're like, so do we just Venmo you or <laughs> uh <laughs> all right, next up, John Hubbard. What did Plum think of Band of Brothers after binging it last week? Oh, sis. God, I wish I had the time. You do. 
I'll find it. I'm off next week. I'll find the time, John Hubbard. It is worthwhile. Uh, All right, I'll do it. Next up from John Hubbard, does Gorsuch have any Penny-type motivation for his co-hosts? He'd like to deliver passive-aggressively by airing it for the listening audience. We have not covered this, I think, at all. And it's a story, right? Someone? Someone's going to have to explain this to me like I'm five. Well, well, oh. the, the, the pronunciation oh. wasn't Gorsuch. That's the Supreme Court justice, you f- noob. It's Gritch. Gritch. Uh, so, uh, Penny Hardaway, coach of Memphis, ah, has been saying, I don't understand why my team sucks. Yeah. He's continued with this um, line of coaching in public. Yes. <laughs> it's truly terrible. It's um, bad. It's bad. Yeah. They're bad. And Penny Hardaway is inexplicably worse. Yeah. And, and that's with uh, Sheed and Larry Brown there. Um, so I got do you think Larry Brown's just like pulling the collar up around his jacket? Just like, Oh no, I can't I think, really have my name attached to this. I think Larry Brown is like, I'm getting paid. I don't care. Um, <laughs> that last from John Hubbard. I had a lot of feelings after, uh, the video of Tuck announcing the Doke Walker, Doke and Walker, no, wait, Doke and Walter camp awards to the team after the past two years. Walker is irreplaceable. Foremost in my mind, as I dwelt on all canine means to MSU, is aren't masks required on all bu- campus buildings? Where were people's masks? It's it's ninety five percent vaccinated, and they were in front of the. Uh, uh, yeah, if yeah. you breathe into the back of somebody's head, they can't catch COVID. It's a science thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, uh, uh, John. Eisenhower uh, is up next. Who disrespects MSU more, the Heisman panel or FedEx Bates? Ooh. I appreciate that the slight to FedEx here, but if I'm taking your question on on the surface, it's obviously the Heisman panel. Yeah. It's not even a panel. Like let's calling it a panel yeah. is generous to a <clears throat> panel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> calling it a general assembly. <laughs> Uh, is is closer, but still wrong. Yeah, it's still wrong. I mean, these are ass backward. I have stronger words, and I can't say them because I... I don't know how you openly admit to watching one and a half games of someone, but still give them your first place vote. Because you write for the Lansing State Journal! I don't understand what, like, how you can be that bad at writing and thinking and then say publish like and you know what i want to i want to turn back to spartan 18770 because i asked him if i could say this because he made a great analogy to graham's argument which is it's like saying i could have done better at surgery but i needed to study more and yeah. and it is yeah and he admit, I just, we deserve better. and yeah. But, you know, the thing is, I'll also say, I was incredibly disappointed with Colton and uh, and uh, Bumgarner, both of whom we've, we've praised here. Yes. Um, yes. Colton, I will give a little bit of a shout out to, because at least he had at first place the actual best defensive player in the country. But yep. anyway, sorry. Well, let's take this opportunity. This isn't part of the question, but we're taking shots at Memphis. We're taking shots at Imani Bates. And the Athletic and the Lansing State Journal. He, uh... He obviously, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but his uh, draft stock 
is not improving. Uh, no. Is he playing himself out of Europe too? Well, there's no playing yourself out of Europe. There's so many different leagues over there. But uh, <laughs> what do you think? Let's say this season sort of continues this trend or or doesn't really improve much. Um, I know where you're going. Pass. Do you think he sticks around in Memphis? Do you think he tries to do a G League type of thing? Do you think he goes to Europe? He has to do another year before he can declare for the NBA draft. Speculate wildly. What would you do in that situation? Um... Well, you well, wouldn't be in this situation. I but- prop well. So if I'm him, it, like if I'm trying to put myself in his position, I the first thing I probably do is reach out to people who showed me love in the past. Mm-hmm. What's going to be awkward is when he gets the cold shoulder. And what I mean by that is he'll call Tom Izzo, and Tom will say pass. Yes. By all reports, this has already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Uh. So. I assume then, like, Europe has to be the answer. You don't want to go to the G League because you run the risk of being exposed even further. Exactly. Yes. And Europe will pay you. Yeah. You you find yourself, find, justify it by the payday. Find yourself the middle league there. Someone who will pay you the most, but like, it's not the best competition. It's probably going to be in Bucharest. (laughs) I, I mean... You raise a good point, and not enough people are saying that. He needs to talk um, to Drew Neitzel. That's what he should do. The other thing that you could do would be some kind of like high-profile pack team. You could do like a USC or UCLA. You could do like who was it that showed oh, a up? Pack twelve team, yeah. That who was it that showed up at USC with with a documentary crew day one? You could do right. something like that. You um, could do um, what's the uh, what's the name of that? Uh, that social media company that was that we talked about um that was just doing clip <laughs> clip stuff uh and was going to pay you know high school kids like a million dollars go back to high school after all of this <laughs> well it, it, it was the idea is that you like leave high school and you just played basketball but it's all clip based um i i don't know it, social look, media is truly awful uh, he's he needs to secure his bag somehow but it it is, I don't know, lessons learned as a father over here. Hand up. Uh, don't coach your kid forever. Because yeah. it seems like this really is where it all fell apart. And if you go back, listeners, we were we were criticizing the Bates family and the decisions that they were making around Amani back before the wheels had clearly fallen off. And, and by the by, like... <laughs> It should have been very clear when uh, Jay Nakins, who is averaging uh, 15 minutes, 15.7 minutes per game right now for Michigan State as a freshman. Like when he couldn't make it at your crappy school. Yeah, I, I mean. And I don't put this on Amani, But. His parents didn't his dad didn't do him any favors. Yeah. They they set him up to fail spectacularly in this way. I, I mean, it it, it is it, it is uh, they gave him the silver spoons treatment. Yep. And and I say that fully cognizant that like he doesn't have a silver spoon. They but, stunted his emotional and basketball growth for two years. 
before and, and, I, off and it makes this. me super bummed for him mm-hmm. because he got to do something and, and is great at something that most people do because it accelerates their emotional and, and professional growth. Team sports are supposed to make you better at at a lot of things like humility and success and and being driven and regiment like I mean and and teamwork and and he lost all of those things somehow in that process. Bummer. Should we get back to the upper deck jerk guy? Yeah. Uh, first up from the upper deck jerk guy, Plum. How many minutes does Jaden Aiken get per game by the end of the year? Uh, What's he averaging keep... right now? Where is he at? Ooh. He's at 15.7, but 18 in uh, 18.5 in Big Ten play. 19.85 minutes. 19.85 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and say he's already averaging more more minutes per game than AJ Hogard in Big Ten play. Well, you know, AJ is spotty. I, I think I think he gets up to twenty. It also makes sense because I don't like the lineup between AJ and Walker at the same time, and Walker is going to get more and more yeah minutes at the one. So yeah. yeah. Um, Next up from our protect jerk guy, what do you think about Gay Brown's uh, game this week? Oh, well, that was asked and answered of you. Yeah, huh? come on, God, Bruce. Don't take. Yeah, you know, we already covered this. Upper deck. Find a new guy. bit. There it is. <laughs> there it is. All right, then for Mike Jones, how would you vote for the Spartan Pod Heisman of questioners? Go. Ooh, we do this every summer. We do it. Yeah, you're gonna have to revisit. Stick around. Um, there and what's truly impressive and awesome is that we have. We have some new questioners who have entered the fray that I'm kind of excited to see how they shake out when it's just pure squid game time. And also recall that it is the Heisman that we're emulating here. So you can't actually give it to the best questioner. <laughs> maybe maybe every deck jerk guy gets it in the end. Who knows? Ooh, that, is, that is a deep take. Oh, man. All right. Wow. Next up, Raymond Chains. Hey, Mr. Neurotic Pants. I can't give a shit about men's basketball yet. <laughs> when will I care? Is there something wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, dude, this is a fun team. Watch this team. No, listen, Raymond, Raymond, you got to watch this team because this is the only fun you're going to have all year watching this team is right now. Yes. You know, no, that, that is so smart, Alex. That is so smart. You know what January does to a Tom Izzo program. Watch. Now, in March joy. Madness is not fun. Not fun. <laughs> Nothing about the walk to March Madness is fun. December is fun. Take this month. Uh, I would also add, Raymond, that that you have kind of for as much as it can exist for a Tom Izzo program, you have a team that is akin to uh, what we got to experience in football, which is sort of diminished expectations. Yeah. That's now. It. We're at Michigan State. We have expectations. There is a very clearly defined floor. And last year, they really scraped the floor. <laughs> but this year, you know, you expect to exceed that always. And and it's just a question of how high. Like, get into it, man. This is a fun team. Good kids. Like, it's it's a good time. Yeah, right now, there are maybe three teams that are separating themselves in the Big Ten. Purdue, Ohio State, Ish. and MSU. Right now is kind of what it looks like. Well, some teams are separating themselves in the other in other way. ways. Yes, <laughs> uh, the best so, ways. Some some coaches win Big Ten Coach of the Year and then really just 
really prove Let's pray it. that that doesn't happen in East Lansing <laughs> yeah. next season. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about it that much. Next though. up from Raymond James. Gentlemen, do you find yourselves missing me uncontrollably, he <laughs> no, asks. Sometimes I wait on your porches and wish I could come inside. You taking those trips to, uh, to Jersey for <laughs> hanging out on the Jones porch? Flying those CRJ 900s to Newark from Detroit. Hello. <laughs> I keep the light on for a reason. Yes, you do. I will uh, say, if you come to my house again, Raymond, you need to bring tuna fish for the uh, for my porch cats. Got a couple, got a couple alley cats and here a who like to bottle of wine. Be decent. Well, Raymond, I think is a cat lover though. Um, well, come on he will, he will abide. Come on uh, last up from Raymond James this week on Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo. Uh, Coach sets off a YouTube firestorm by playing K-pop songs on the accordion. (laughs) (laughs) An angry coach later on tells Graham Couch, nobody gives a shit about these early games anyway. (laughs) And Iron Mountain unveils a 50-foot tall statue of Izzo pacing. Of Izzo pacing! That's it. Raymond, this might be... Your best. It it is is, uh, brief. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is great. It's good content. The pacing is really what does it for me. Uh, I love Inizo playing K-pop songs on the accordion. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he knows how. I like him struggling through it in my mind's eye a little bit more. Just really, like, with with overblown confidence only deserving of a Hauser. Um, there, there also needs to be another statue uh, unveiled in Iron Mountain just to give the sizing perspective to show how short uh Izzo is so like get, just put something else out there um oh we didn't talk about by the way uh the the board is voting not only on mel tucker's contract but on improvements to spartan stadium yes and... but that's those are exploratory as i understand it so we don't know what those improvements are going to be it's more of a I let's start talking about it code words for the statue you know what i mean of course of course. uh next up joe ashworth asks i finally watched squid game and thought it lived up to the hype What's something you've seen recently that met or exceeded expectations? Great question. Uh, you got anything, Greg? Oh, great question. Something that met or exceeded expectations. I did get around to Ted Lasso season two, and I, it, it exceeded my expectations. I had heard mediocre things about that season, and I enjoyed it. I think it's the two episodes that really kind of shit the bed in that, that season. What two episodes? The Christmas one and then the... Uh, uh, why can't I remember saying coach? Um, the assistant I, coach. I like that little reprieve from the story, and you yeah, but go down but if the you got to madness, bi- you got to binge. If you're watching it every week, you're like WTF, mate. Okay. Uh, really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care for them. Anyway, hey, you just have no imagination or fun. Yeah. What about Plum? What's recently exceeded your expectations? Hmm. 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 Alex (laughs) (laughs) all right next up from uh Joe Ashworth uh Jonesy if Izzo shrinks his rotation what two guys do you think might be on the outside looking in um I guess it depends on sort of where you're defining the rotation at because uh Julius Marble is is so the two people averaging minutes that are getting them somewhat consistently are Madi Sissoko and Pierre Brooks. Um, but they're at four minutes and 4.8 minutes, um, uh, irrespectively. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, I assume they're going to get cut over time. Yeah. Um, but the, though, let me just double check here. 
pure yeah I, they're gonna get cut um because everyone else is at a very consistent level and julius marble's actually been seeing fewer minutes over time um but he's not gonna lose that many minutes in the grand scheme of things as hauser takes over some uh in, in a small ball alignment um obviously marcus bingham's going to continue to warrant his minutes but but it's 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 Ahsoka and, and Pierre Brooks. Yeah. Do you think it could be uh, Hogard to an extent as Walker gets more minutes? Sure, but he yes, but he's not being cut from the rotation, sure. right? Like, he's got a, a very sure. distinguished role in the rotation. Is the yeah, you know, the it, it, irreplaceable in mm-hmm. some ways. I, I mean, it, what will be interesting is if you get if you start seeing Jaden Aikens and Max Christie on the floor. Is I mean, I could see Tom Izzo doing something so stupid that he's like, I'm going to have two freshmen carry the ball up. And, and that's, I could see him doing it. Um, he could just fuck around for a second and try it. Like if, but if that clicks for some bizarro reason, uh, that's the only way you start seeing AJ lose minutes of consequence. He's, he's too important to this team. If I were answering this question, I would say Marble is like probably the guy that sort of gotten some play that, but might find himself watching more from the bench. Yeah, bench. but he's not being cut, right? Like that right. was the question, right? right? So, hell of a question, Joe Ashworth. Big credit to you. You had a real discussion there from the host of this podcast. You did. Next up, not wheel of time questions from yeah, that's it. Next up from Eman Center. What is oh, Jesus God? And then we get this. What is each of your favorite Christmas movies? Any dark horses? Personal vote is for Klaus on Netflix. I've never yeah. seen. Cl- I don't know what this is. I think it's new. It better be in German. Uh, I know that should have been said clause, but I refuse to do it. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty normy pick these days, but I'm gonna go Elf on this. I, I'm gonna say not... I'm gonna say Home Alone. I know you, you don't uh, really think of it, but it is a yeah. Christmas movie. Yeah, sure, it's for sure. Uh, any any of uh, one or two are also ex- acceptable choices. Yeah. Um. I will uh, I will add in there only because I it is my I think my favorite how did this get made podcast um, but Jack Frost is one of the worst movies and, and it truly <laughs> are we talking my, family fun Jack Frost are we talking horror uh, no Jack no Frost. family fun uh, Michael Keaton dies and then comes back as a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> because of his son's prayers only to inevitably have to die again of course <laughs> what's better than dad dying once dad dying <laughs> two times <laughs> it is. Oh my god so yeah no. uh, but i you don't have to watch the movie to listen to the how did this get made it's it's my favorite and it's with dan Harmon. it is uh it's actually out right now all right um, michael jones the true Crunchy's aficionado of this podcast. It's only a matter of time until Crunchy's names a burger after Kenneth Walker. What should said burger consist of? Okay. Um, uh, Okay. All right. Um, Man, this is tough. Like, I I don't know what he likes. It's got to have bacon on it, right? Everyone loves bacon. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you gotta have bacon because he's obviously gonna make some, right? Hello. Um, I think you've got to have some avocado because yep. when he runs, all he sees is green. Yes, um, that's it. All right, 
and uh, and I think you got to have some onions because, uh, you know, he cuts people up and he makes them cry. Okay, so there it is. That's, that's what I'm going with. You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, next up, Elon Bloom asks, who declares early for the NFL draft? This is the $95 million, $95 million question. Yeah. Uh, Greg, I mean, I assume K-9's going. Yeah, like, you, you have sure. to assume that. Uh, and then and, and if he doesn't, he needs to be told, you don't have a spot here any longer. Oh, <laughs> just... What was it that uh, Jaron Jackson recently shared on Twitter that he walked into Izzo's office and said round two and Izzo just laughed at him and said, get out of here. Similar conversation should be had with Kenneth Walker. Uh, the, the big question, you know, sticking with these, you know, big prestige type uh, spots on the offense would be like a, a read type yeah. uh, or a nailer. You know, I, I don't think nailer can go at this point. I just, I don't yeah, know that you can pro- be he's not stayed healthy. And right. I think that's a thing. Jaden Reed, you know, the, the argument that you hear is that what else is he going to prove? Right. Like sure. what more can he do in college? Um, I do think there's, I think he can prove more. I yeah. think he can prove he's a dominant big 10 receiver. Um, and I also think that for him, he's got a bit of an emotional draw to stay as much as we roll our eyes when they talk about him and Peyton Thorne, like that, that's a thing at least Mm -hmm. they're, they're genuinely great friends. So, and if the question is what people are saying, like what more does he have to prove? Like he's established that he can be a receiver and his measurables aren't going to change. That's the question. The big question mark around him are, you know, height and speed and those types of things. You can come back and show another year that, you can dominate the big matter. 10. Yeah. 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 I think the, I actually think he and speed aren't going to change are the things. So you can put more film out there. Yeah. I think he, if he can play himself into a second or first team, uh, all big 10, which he absolutely can. I think he's someone who also got robbed that, that, that that's the kind of thing that, that gets you. Well, shit. If, if Ohio state didn't have all of the all big 10 wide receivers, um, he probably would have been on that board. So, um, I think he probably comes back. I think it might just be canine in terms of early leaves. Uh, I don't know what Crouch's draft eligibility is. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of smoke on. He's gone one way or another, though. Mm. So, All right. Next up from Elon Bloom. Interesting question here. Operating under the trends that we beat Michigan 50% of the time and Ohio State 10% of the time, would you accept beating Michigan 30% of the time if it meant beating Ohio State 30% of the time, i.e. better chance of winning the big 10. Um, I guess let me ask you this. I don't um, do numbers. <laughs> that well. Does, uh, does Michigan continue to beat Ohio state less than 6% of the time? <laughs> <laughs> because if that's the case, then I will certainly take that, but I, I might continue to accept them as truly second tier in the big 10 for another 17 years. No, I mean, to be fair, our winning percentage over Ohio State has to improve. It's it is unacceptably low. Yeah, sure. And this is kind of a historical outlier for a team to be this dominant in the in the conference um, for a single team. And I do think it's going to be interesting what happens in that state once Cincinnati is in a power five conference. Well, and and, and if 
if and when the big, uh, I'm sorry, the playoffs get expanded and thus, you know, because Michigan State would be in the playoffs right now. Right. So that's a thing you can recruit to that currently, you know, I know we've been there, but like yeah. that Ohio State exclusively gets to recruit to. Right. So, um, yeah. Next up from uh, Elon Bloom, uh, how good can Tyson Walker be in March? Plum. Perfect. Tyson Walker will be perfect in March. 20 minutes, 400 points a game, pulling in quadruple triples. Quadruple triples. Quadruple triples by March. So, (laughs) Okay, there you have it, Elon Bloom. And next up, uh, what are you going to talk about next week, or do you have a bye week? (laughs) We should. Teenage boys. We should. Teenage boys and Oakland University. That's yeah. big things. We should just do yes. that every week. Uh, <laughs> next up from Mamopoly, number one. Oh, man. Uh, Frank, uh, uh, almost as unpronounceable as Jean Abibabi, uh, was the sculptor of the Heisman <laughs> Memorial for Jean Rene. Uh, during World War II, he developed a unique technique used by the U.S. Army to rehabilitate facial disfigurements from war injuries. If you could change one of your facial features, which would it be? I don't, Susan, how do you start at Frank Ellis Jew and get to my personal insecurities? You know, I don't, I'm not here for it. I'm not, not tonight. What kind of deeply sadistic person are you? <laughs> like, like how she, she one, two punched us. She like, she distracted us over here and then bam, trophy. bam, right in the schnoz. Which is also, the thing you, that I would change, by the way. Can you truly rehabilitate a facial disfigurement? Well, Frank certainly thought you could. Yeah, I hope you find out. <laughs> Did Am he I have... right? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, um, nope. Nope. Edward, quote unquote, oh, this is question two. Edward, quote unquote, Ed. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> thank God for the quotes. <laughs> Smith, Ed Smith. Uh, college and NFL running back posed for the Heisman Trophy study in 1935 with the now iconic straight or stiff arm. The term <laughs> don't argue was coined in Australia to describe the stiff armed fend. What? What's the latest online argument you've undertaken? What? You know, Susan, I, I'm, we're going to have to put you in a timeout. You're going to... <laughs> The proverbial uh, Jer Bear penalty box for this asininery. Uh, we won't have it. Oh. If I've started a fight recently. Please follow up to explain the connection between these two things. <laughs> if, if we're participating in a debate, we're like stiff arming at some point. Well, I'll, okay, I got, okay, to be fair. I Is that a talk to the hand situation? The I, term don't argue? I do have something that could be distally related to her Ed Smith question, which is just really inappropriate. Um, this from late breaking, late breaking from Anthony Sharpvert didn't make the questions this week. Uh, Michigan State University, he tweets, ranked within the top 60 institutions in the world. His tweet is, hashtag can't read, can't write brand is in shambles right now. Tough Mm -hmm. scene. From yours truly, Plum and Pals will be the new name effective immediately. And people like it. Um, I would just point out that maybe... After the 58th best university, there's no more illiteracy. It's just... There it is. 
yep. garbage. Uh, sure uh, also, awesome. um, uh, yeah, I, all right, we're moving on from this. All right. Uh, 36 quarterbacks and 39 halfbacks slash running backs have won the Heisman. Add to the two recipients of 1939 and 1944 who played both and probably fought in the war. Uh, <laughs> that leaves only nine Heismans going to other positioned players. What's a kicker got to do to get a little recognition around the sport? This is they the big a, question. This is the question of the pot. Yeah. They, they What's have a kicker got to do? They have a kicker trophy. But we thought it was girl mullet. Turns out that wasn't enough. The dude at San Diego State, uh, if you're going to ever give the the Heisman to a punter. You know, oh, that, I, thought, I thought the Hawaiian dude was the dude. Was it I San, thought Diego, the San State? Diego State guy? It was the one that was just like knocking the air out of the ball. Anyway, next up from Dan Hellpepper, apropos of recently revived TV show, in what ways could v- <laughs> Vacus Vacus Heisman I- voters die at the hands of fancy consumer products? When will the podcast be a po- Oh, all right. Go, go ahead. Vacuous. No, th- those are, uh, these are three separate questions, buddy. Oh, there it is. All right. All right. In so what ways could uh, vacuous Heisman voters die at the hands of fancy consumer products? Um, well, I would say that um, uh, Graham Couch could choke on the remote that has his DVR <laughs> uh, because he can't be bothered to watch a game. And I'm sorry, like, I... I cannot believe that his job is truly so busy that he can't be bothered to do the thing that most folks, including people who work a lot of hours, do in their free time. I would love some of these voters to jump into that Ron Popeil uh, rotisserie chicken machine, set it and forget it, and cook themselves all the way through. Uh What's the uh, what's the the device that George Senior sells? The uh, um, baller. Yes, oh. they should all. Hey, you know what? That should be um, that should be next year. MSU should should stage a fake Heisman campaign for whomever. Like maybe Jaden Reed, right? He has a great great season, but not really Heisman contender. But like, good. Send cornballers <laughs> to all of the media members, just as a fuck you. <laughs> Senior cornballer. I just want to point out I was the only one on brand enough not to know vacuous. Uh, next up, from Dan Hellpepper. <laughs> this is gotta be this has gotta be for my Jones. Jonesy, when will the podcast be apologizing to Joey Hauser with a singing telegram of MSU shadows? Dan, I'm confused. Do you want us to apologize to Joey Hauser or haze him? Because <laughs> it seems to me you've selected something that's that's opposite here. So you're a bad person. And, and speaking of vacuous, <laughs> good, good, very good. See, I can do it. Well I done, you. Uh, next up from Dan Hellpepper. Should Pierre Brooks be playing? And if so, whose minutes? Mm. I think. No offense I, to Pierre Brooks, but no. His his defense has been okay, but he hasn't earned more than. Five or six minutes a game, and that's a stretch for him. Yeah. Um, and and He'll get Joey there. Joey's so, showing signs of life. You get to the middle of Big Ten play, and Joey's not showing it though. That's it. I, I, I don't. You give give Pierre a little bit of run, but I, he's at three in Big Ten play, and I think that's where he should be. 
I tell you this, we're sitting not super far from the bench. If Joey Hauser doesn't score 10 points against Oakland University, I'm going to beat him to death with my shoe on the court. Probably at some point with about six or seven minutes remaining. I look forward to watching that on ESPN Plus uh, if if we can figure out how to watch it. Um, (laughs) And finally, by Rebecca Sawyer, our Sawyer. Uh, what line would a hotel have to cross that would result in finding accommodation elsewhere? Have you ever experienced this IRL? Uh, what's IRL? In real in life. In real life. Yeah, you no, vacuous idiot. But I don't understand the question. What line I was would a hotel cross? I was still envisioning uh, uh, oh, like full well, Khrushchev on, uh, on Joey Hauser. <laughs> um, what, 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 would, what would require me to leave a hotel? Yeah, leave a hotel. Pack your things and that's it. I think it would be loud music. I know mm. this is old man yelling at Cloud, a- a.k.a. Jones yelling at anything, but <laughs> I... That was uncomfortable. <laughs> but I think it would be anything that, like, if I couldn't sleep at a hotel, I'd be out. That, that'd probably be about it, though. For the first Big Ten Championship game, we stayed at a place in Indianapolis called the Cavalier Resort and Conference Center. Well, they're very cavalier about their rules. Yeah, and they would be. It... It had all the aesthetic of an abandoned building, sure. <laughs> which was this fitting because as we were sitting in the lobby waiting for our ride chair to show up, uh, we overheard the staff talk about how it had actually been an abandoned building just four weeks prior. No. You're giving me like real Stefan vibes here. And this experience was truly the lowest possible hotel experience we could ever have added on then the outcome of that first big 10 championship game. And, uh, if I never left a hotel, uh, if I didn't leave that hotel, I never will leave a hotel. Well, gentlemen, that I think is as good a place as any to end this. And, uh, you know, look, we had to go an extra day without recording one of these. It, it bummed me out. I'm not gonna lie, I missed you both. Uh, I kind of prefer the Monday nights. Not gonna lie. Uh, well, well let's continue that. to talk about this publicly here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Either way, I am I am here for a resounding go green, and I cannot wait to talk about those high school boys who are joining the Spartans next week. Go white, go white, you guys. <laughs>